So I want to welcome everybody today. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and you're here with Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour, our podcast about how the heck do you get this done? It's so hard. We have a real treat for you today because Mary Beth Ferrante, who runs Live, Work, Lead, took her personal issues with coming back to the workforce after having a new baby and turned it into a business of helping women and helping corporations understand what mothers, new mothers and new fathers really need to make them really fly when they come back. And I'm so happy to hear that somebody's at work on this because it was so tough when I started. And I was telling Mary Beth, and you'll hear us talk about it, um, there were no family leave policies back in the 70s. And there were editors at magazines I, I worked at that had to put their baby in the drawer because they had to bring them to work. They had no paternity leave. So it's, you know, they kept the op- drawer open. I'm not saying they close the drawer. But um, that was what you did because you had no options. And um, so it's a wonderful thing to talk to Mary Beth. And here she is. Mary Beth, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. I'm excited to be here. Good. So let's talk about your reinvention story. And every reinvention is different. Um, Talk about where you grew up and what you originally studied and then how you made your way to what you do now. Yeah, so um, I grew up in the Midwest. I've kind of been all over the place. I've lived in New York, San Diego, Los Angeles, and um, you know, started my, my career in recruiting at Goldman Sachs. Uh, and you know, definitely found myself kind of constantly reinventing through the financial crisis because you know, that's what you did. You took the opportunities that came. And so I grew most of my career in corporate uh, consumer strategy for Bank of America um, and was a senior vice president there before, you know, deciding to completely reinvent and start my own company. And really the impetus was um, the birth of my daughter, right? So Ah. I had a, I have, you know, two, two young little girls. And when I came back from maternity leave, um, I found myself really struggling. Um, and you know, what I think is really fascinating is I worked for a company that is very, you know, family friendly in general. It's a huge corporation, however, but they have pretty decent policies. You know, I think they, they really are trying to do the right thing and trying to really support young, uh, professionals and and particularly new parents and, and definitely new moms. However, you know, for my experience, I worked for, with a team that was all men, um, and my my senior executive had actually had his second child, and we didn't know for a few weeks. Oh my God, that's Crazy. incredible! Yes, so I mean, clearly a little bit different story. The man doesn't have to; uh, he can hide it a lot easier, right? Than than we can as women. Um, and so that was the culture that I was walking back into. And and you know, I think we we had a very work hard mentality, but there was just not a lot of support for you know, parenthood and definitely for new moms. And when I looked around and kind of started to ask questions about, you know, I'm really struggling with kind of figuring out my footing and and what it means to be a working mother, you know, I was met with a lot of, well, it just takes time, you'll figure it out. 
And you know, I, I always say that when you're when you're in the thick of it, when you're living your life in three hour segments of okay, this baby needs to eat and then play and then sleep and then eat and then play and then sleep, like the last thing that you want to hear is oh, it just takes some time. Uh, you yeah. want more tools. You want things that are really going to move the needle. And so you know, I started to really dive into a lot of the research and into um, you know the experience of my of a lot of my friends and my colleagues as well. And what we're finding is that you know women um, very similar to myself didn't expect this reinvention to be so difficult, to be quite honest. Um, the reinvention of being a young mom. Yeah, and being a working mom, right? We live in a- Being post, a working mom, okay. We live in a post-leaning world, right? So it's, ah, supposed, okay. it's supposed to be easy, I think. Um, ah. and, um, <laughs> you should have called me. Anyway. <laughs> right, and I, and I uh -huh. think it's that you you, and maybe not that it's supposed to be easy, but that it's not supposed to be as um, as challenging as it as it really can be. And I and I think that the environments that we're stepping into, you know, Melinda Gates has said that we we have environments for our daughters that have been built by our grandfathers, and I think that's still very much the case. Where you know, there's this expectation that. Um, you know, you are going to be on at work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that you have, you know, someone at home who is doing all the stuff that needs to get done in terms of caretaking for your children and the housework and just managing the household. And, you know, in today's world, and particularly with millennials coming up and having children, you know, most of us are coming, two thirds of us are coming from dual income families. We're both working. Um, and, and that dynamic you know, causes a lot of difference in how we have to approach our work and how we have to approach managing our families and how, you know, we need to show up as a working parent. And so I think, you know, there's really a, a shift in both the perception of the moms, you know, we're demanding a lot more of our partners, hopefully, um, and, and really, you know, expecting that they're going to split you know there's there's a term now called bread oh you're making me laugh is this a comedy show <laughs> no there is i think there's an expectation you know that that we can't um well i'd love to know why why do you think this is a comedy show no it's just you know i feel like we've been battling the same thing for so long yes we thought my generation thought because the generation previously, the men didn't touch the children. Right. We thought, like you, oh, they're going to do half and half. Yeah. Instead, what they would say is, I can take him up and change him for you if you'd like. Yep. Or I, I can help you out by babysitting this weekend. <laughs> or I can, you know, it was, yeah. it was all, we were looking for equality too, but we couldn't find it. So right. explain, how old were you um, when this was going through and what year was that? So when I was when I became a parent, I was 33 years old. Um, uh -huh. which I think it's really you know another shift, right? Because we are yes. finding more and more women are having children much later in life. Yeah. Um, because we're building our careers, and yes. we want to you know get to that level. You know, there was a report that came out from the New York Times that said um, the worst time to have a child for your career is between the ages of 25 and 35. And it's fascinating because it's essentially that, you know, if you have kids really young, you're going to build your career with your children. And if you right. have kids much older, you've already established yourself so much that you can demand, you know, more flexibility. You can, you have more control of your schedule. You're in a leadership position where you may be able to, um, you know, really take work home or, or 
figure out how it's going to work for you. Whereas when you're in that kind of 25 to 35 year old range, you're really still building your career. You're trying to get that promotion while you're building your family. And so it's really becomes a challenge. And that's where women are, I think are, are kind of finding themselves a little bit surprised by how challenging the workplace still is today. Um, right. So to your point, you know, like it is, it is kind of comical. I mean, I remember being 22 in a women's in leadership class being like, oh, I'm going to do this all right. I'm going to be CEO of some major large company. I'm going to have the family. I'm going to, and, it, and it's going to be possible because all of the women before me have made such incredible strides. And while I still believe that, I do believe that so many women have come before us and have made, you know, um, have made it easier. There's still so much more work to be done. Right. And the truth is, is that for many people, the, the major building of the career doesn't end at 35. I mean, I no, was in the thick of building my career. Yeah. I didn't really get my top offers until I was 35 plus. Exactly. So that's kind of a fantasy that everybody's going to get there, you know, so early. And yeah. um, somehow you're going to have your hands free to deal with a family, which is kind of crazy. So- and Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, I think that, and I always say the 25 to 35 thing um, is really interesting because especially on the coast, I think that number is much closer to 40, right? That yes. you're building that career and really trying to kind of establish yourself before having children. Um, right. So, and you know, sometimes you can't plan. Sometimes exactly. these things come upon you without planning, you know? Mm -hmm. So you necessarily can't, you know, what are you going to do? Say, oh, this is five years too early. Like, right. It's just, right. It happens, you it know? Happens. And so, yeah. And so I think it's a really interesting kind of, you know, for millennial women, um, you know, what I'm finding is that I, I had actually listened to one of your earlier pro podcasts and Sally Krawcheck said that, you know, women, uh, millennial women are becoming feminists much earlier. And I completely agree with her. And I think particularly young mothers are really, showing up now and saying like this isn't working anymore and i'm looking at the women above me and they either don't talk about their children they didn't have children or right. they never see their children and right. that's not the life that i'm willing to have either and so we see a lot more new mothers who are really saying you know this has to change or i'm opting out and so um, how does your reinvention play into that? So you saw all of this happening. You leave the banking world. Yeah. And then what do you do? So, so you know, at, in the beginning, I really thought um, that my calling was going to be to just work directly with women. I had done a lot of, you know, I worked in consumer strategy, but I, I ran our um, women's network. What is consumer strategy for those of us who don't know? What does that uh, mean? So like the banking strategy, right? So like thinking about the retail banking strategy. So things, bigger questions, like, are we going to keep tellers um, in, in, oh. bank? are we going to start to pull out, you know, what are we doing around ATM placement? Um, what are we, you know, so really thinking about kind of the overarching strategy of banking from day-to-day -day retail banking. Okay. So All right. Sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Um, you know, and, and when I started this work, it really was about working directly with the moms and giving them the tools and helping them kind of create the vision of the life that they did want and how were they going to essentially have it all without doing it all. Cause I do believe that you can, you can have the things that you want in your career and in your relationships. And as a mother, you cannot physically do it all. So and what is, so is that the live, work, lead 
Exactly. So premise. that really okay. like, that, that was the premise. And so what we uh, have yeah, explain shifted, what it is. Explain what you do. So fundamentally, um, we do two things. Number one is we we do continue to support new parents, both men and women, as they're planning for their leave and as they're returning from their their parental leave. So ensuring that they have the support that they need in the workplace and that they have the support at home to really be in a leadership role and continue to climb or figure out how they want to uh, establish themselves in their career and be successful in their work life as well as be the mom that they want to be. What we have really found and where more of our work has pushed is actually in to the conversations with leadership and with managers. At the end of the day, you know, women are asking, they're asking for flexibility. They're trying to negotiate new terms or new um, opportunities for themselves where they can really find more flexibility in their work and in their lives so that they can find that success. But what they're meaning is that, well, what they're running into essentially is what we're calling the maternal wall. Mm. And that wall is the bias that shows up for mothers in the workplace. It's the performance bias or the perception bias that when you have kids, you're less committed, that you're not going to um, do as well in that next role because your first priority is always going to be your children. And mm -hmm. while of course your first priority is your children, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not successful and that you aren't having, you don't have the ability to, to perform in a role. And I think we're learning that more and more women are actually becoming more ambitious, you know, when they have children because they want to create a life for them and they want to create a life for themselves that really showcases uh, their talents and their strengths. And like, let's be honest, when you become a mom, you learn a whole lot, right? You know, you, you manage through chaos on a daily basis. You, right. um, you know, you really learn how to, how to negotiate with a, I mean, if you can negotiate with a three-year-old and a 13-year-old, you can definitely <laughs> negotiate with anybody else, right? So right. I think there's a lot of, of, of skills that come, come out of that. But unfortunately, you know, we're in our traditional work environment asked to kind of reprove ourselves time and time again. There's, um, you know, the prove it again syndrome and it, and it tends to get worse with every child where people are really forced um, to say that they're going to put their careers before their families. And, you know, I think so women are, are really recognizing that that's not, um, it's not okay anymore. And so what we're, our kind of secondary work that we're doing is really around having that conversation with leadership and talking about the maternal wall with managers and helping them understand, you know, what are things that they can do to really change that dynamic for all parents as they're, um, you know, kind of embarking on this second part of their, their career as a working parent. So what are the other things in the maternal wall that people are running into? You said less committed, what else? Um, well, so there, I mean, quite statistically, you know, 50% of mothers are less likely to get promoted. 79% of mothers are less likely to get hired. Um, so we're, we're seeing just that, that kind of stark gap in ability to move forward in leadership. When we look at the pay gap, it's actually more drastic for moms. So for example, equal pay day typically lands somewhere in mid-April for the average of all women, regardless of race and ethnicity. Um, and then the average for moms actually falls much later in the year, kind of towards the middle to late end of May. 
So we're seeing mm -hmm. that moms, the wage gap is even more stark. You know, when we look at mm -hmm. mothers who have MBAs, it, the wage gap for moms with MBAs is up to 45%. Which is ridiculous. with MBAs, with MBAs, you know, worse wage gap. Yes, because they're, you know, they're um, typically taking larger career breaks because they are usually married or in a relationship with somebody who's of that kind of equal caliber in terms of education. And so they have the choice to scale back because someone else is making enough money. Wow. Right. So what do you guys do specifically? to help people when you say that you continue to help them and support new parents what do you do i come on your site and you have videos do i sign up with you and you get coaching what do i get yeah so we work primarily through organizations to provide training for managers we also provide um, communication guides for managers on how to actually have these conversations what we've found with the leadership teams uh, particularly in a post me too world is that people are very afraid to have honest mm -hmm. conversations particularly mm -hmm. around pregnancy and you know mm -hmm. that return to work. I can see that right. yeah so you okay. know I've had men say to me well I don't I can't even ask her when she's coming back and it's like what do you mean you can't ask her when she's coming back well I don't know if I'm allowed to ask if she is coming back and it's like of you know you need to of course follow your HR policies, but most likely you know you want to be having a much more honest conversation with both the men and the women who are having, um, you know, who are growing their families about what their leaves look like and, and how can we really support them when they come back. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're really educating people on and educating companies on is supporting dads as well. Uh, you know, when, when men take their leave and have equal parental leave, it makes, it, it changes the dynamic for everyone. It changes the, the dynamic at home and it changes the dynamic at work. You know, if you have someone, let's say you're a hiring manager and you have two, you know, 28 year old people standing in front of you and one of them, a man and one of them is a woman. And this is a true story. I had an executive say to me, I'm hiring the man every single time because I mm. work for an organization where we have great leave policies, but I run a revenue generating line of business and I need somebody who's going to be here. And I have and I know that this 28 year old woman is likely to be out for, you know, four to six months at a time, two to three times over the next five years. And the man's going to be maybe out for a couple weeks. Right. Wow. And so I think the, if you had asked me even a couple years ago, if I really was, would advocate for equal leave, you know, I think, hey, as women, we go through a lot in childbirth and we probably need a little extra care, but from a fundamental level of equality in the workplace, I really do believe that we need to be encouraging men to take their leaves and to have more equal footing when it comes to you know, being out of the workplace to care for family. So do you think that them not taking it, especially when it's offered, creates more inequality? Yes, because yes, I think it, it creates more uh, ability to question that level of commitment, right? And and really breeds that that bias, especially, you know, I have some colleagues who work um, for a company where they have equal leave, but the expectation is that the women take it. And when the men ask, well, what should I do? You know, the party line is, well, take what you need. And take what you need is not the same thing as take your full leave, right? So right. now Correct. take what you need has me as as a new father questioning, well, what does that mean? What do I need? What's appropriate? Right. 
what did right. other people around me take? You know, and right. so that starts to create um, that that level of of bias in there of what's um, if you take only two weeks and you take four weeks and you take four months, like, well, clearly the person who took four months doesn't really care about their success at this company. Right. So, so you were able to take the insights you had as being a new mom and turn it into a business. Is that yeah, right? Exactly. Um, and, which, and you have a partner, right? Do you yeah, guys? So, so work with Courtney, who also um, is a mom and she, you know, has uh, had a very interesting story where, you know, she had a very, um, a preemie, very premature baby, and was working in academia where the expectation, you know, in her um, agreement when she was pregnant was that she was going to be able to, you know, work remotely and, and you know, move back to the East Coast when she had her second child. But when her son came so early, all of that went out the window. And suddenly it was, you know, well, obviously you, you can't do this job anymore. And, and they parted oh ways. And so I think there's just this there's still this fundamental belief that, um, you know, there's Pew Research has done some studies even as recent as 2016 that, you know, most Americans still really do believe that a parent should be home full time or at least part time, about 80 percent between full time and, and part time expect a parent to be home. And so when we have those own, our, that belief ourselves as women and also just as leaders of our teams, you know, it's not that we are intentionally projecting it on people, but I think there is this kind of fundamental bias that, yeah, your first priority is to be a mom and therefore you clearly can't do this job. And so well, we see that when the, we see that women are running um, for office and they mm -hmm. are asked continually, how are you going to balance this with exactly. having children? Exactly. And they don't ask the men that question. Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah. it's and, 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 and I think that's what's so challenging about the maternal wall specifically and this bias for mothers because people really think that they're doing the right thing and they think that they're being kind. Right. They're mm -hmm. not inviting you to that networking dinner because they know that you're supposed to pick up your kids at 6 p.m. So you probably wouldn't be able to make it anyway. Uh huh. <laughs> Interesting. Even, All kinds of unconscious bias. Exactly. But they're not even giving you the chance. Right. Right. And, right. and we all know that that's where the the leadership opportunities come in those non-traditional work environments where you're having right. conversations with senior leaders. Right. And so, you know, when we look at kind of the bias that, that happens in the workplace, whether it's performance bias or attribution bias, you know, it really gets this maternal bias kind of is underneath all of that because we're, we're expecting, um, you know, mothers to be with their kids first and foremost. So you were able to turn this into a business. How old is the business? Um, so I, I will say it was part-time for two years. We've been 100% full-time for only a year. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. And so we're relatively new, making it, making it work, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what would you give as some tips and tricks for women who, you know, you were lucky enough to say, Hey, I can, I have a little bit of experience in this background mm -hmm. um, because I'd been working with women's issues within the bank. Yep. Um, yeah. How, what tips and tricks would you offer women who, you know, are trying to figure out how to navigate this path back to full-time work and are finding that there's prejudice out there. What do they do? Yeah. Do they 
Yeah. Where do they look? What books do they read? What websites do they go to? Podcasts, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I mean, personally, I read the broadsheet every morning, which is a newsletter that comes out by Fraught Fortune. Um, mm -hmm. And it reinvigorates me <laughs> to mm -hmm. keep fighting, I think is the biggest thing. You know, mm -hmm. I think they really highlight a lot of um, topics around women in the workplace. You know, we as Live Work Lead, we put out a weekly newsletter that really talks specifically about mothers in the news and specifically mm -hmm. talks about jobs and opportunities and provides tips and, and tricks on how to really look for um, work. I think if you are a mother and you are really looking at walking back into the workplace, if you've taken a break, or even if you, you know, walked back in after maternity leave and you're thinking, hey, this culture isn't right for me and I've got to find something that's really going to work for my family. You know, I think the three things that you really need to be looking at is first and foremost, of course, what is the job that I'm doing? And does this job work for me in my new role as a working mom? I think the second thing is, you know, what is the industry that I'm doing it in? You know, if you look at things, um, of course, there are exceptions to this rule, but most jobs kind of show up in every industry, right? You need a you need an accountant in every industry. You need a marketing person. I see. So maybe you could switch industries. Exactly. So maybe it's not as big of a leap, but particularly an industry might be a different, um, you know, in terms of work-life balance or integration, mm -hmm. as we like mm -hmm. to call it, that kind of thing. That's good. That's yeah. great. And then I think the third thing is really looking at the culture. You know, what are they saying and what are they doing to support working parents? In most companies, about 40% of the employees are parents. So, you know, are they walking their talk? Are they really creating flexible environments? And, and a lot of that you can't get until you're actually in the room interviewing. But I think it's important to really be asking questions around, you know, why, um, why do you stay at this company and what, what are they do? that really supports you as a working parent uh, and being upfront about it. I do, however, believe that if you are a working parent and you are looking for that new job and we know that they there is that strong bias around hiring, I do not think that you should bring it up until you are very late in the in the interview process or even in the offer process around asking. That's that. what I was going to say. That's a little yeah. dangerous. I wouldn't bring mm -hmm. that up early. Yeah. yeah. So I would say that's that's when they're selling you, right? That you're right. starting to ask those questions. So, you know, I, I was talking to a woman who uh, left Facebook recently and she was like, I'm, I'm from Facebook. Like people should be giving me jobs, right? Like this is a really great um, um, kind of resume that I have built for myself and experiences that I've had. And she's like, until I stop talking about my daughter, I would not get callbacks. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay, right. so we still got to keep the daughter or the son in the handbag and don't bring it out until the very end. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and I and I think on the flip side, you know, especially for women who are in leadership roles and for men who are in leadership roles, is really you know trying to change that conversation as well. I think from the leadership and the manager level, a few things that we can do is start to talk about our own children and make it more yes. normalized, you know, to really engage in those tough conversations to support both men and women that they take their full leave. And if there isn't paid leave in your company, to ask why. Right. You well, know? yeah, I was in I was in journalism yeah. way back in the 70s before there were even really, you know, leave policies. And one woman had her baby and came right back to work and put the baby in her bottom drawer. And that's where she kept her. Oh, my God. 
Like that's <laughs> there was no leave policy. Right. There was nothing. Yeah. And that's so. and you, you did what you had to do. And sometimes I think that um unfortunately, you know, when I've been talking to to uh, this is this is a gross generalization. It's definitely not all women, but I think there's a lot of well, I got through it and I figured it out. So you have to figure out, yeah, figure it out instead correct. of how can we make that better? You know, how can we start to engage if now I'm in a leadership position or I'm higher up in my career, I'm in my 40s, early 50s, and I have the ear of, you know, the the C-suite, how can I start to ask those questions so that I can make it easier for the women coming up and the men coming up behind me? Great. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate all your you know, your insights there. It's certainly a topic that we've touched on, but not gone deep into. And I think, you know, it affects women really from the very beginning all Mm -hmm. the way through their careers. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, the older your children get, uh, the the more needy I think they become. So yes, that's also the surprise is a lot of people think they have to be home when the babies are new. And actually it's for many people believe it's really the high school and junior high school years where they, where they get into trouble, Yeah, you know, where there's drugs and bullying and that, you know, the little baby is going to be okay sleeping and napping (laughs) with somebody. It's, um, it's, It's you know, look, yeah. And so we can keep people engaged in their careers in those early years, you know, we can continue to help support them through the later years as their children get older. Yeah. And I'll just say that I really believe that we have to get to some kind of, you know, sponsored, you know, childcare that is safe and controlled and is everywhere for every mother so that they can work. I mean, to, to allow every mother and mostly it is mothers because the men generally don't take it on as their responsibility. Um, We need to get to that and we're a long way away. So, but wonderful what you do. Thank you so much. And uh, I so appreciate hearing all about how you took your personal issues and were able to turn it into a business. And I hope that all of our uh, listeners who are in management positions will call call you at live work lead um, and ask for your advice and your insight and your research. And then uh, the consumers who are listening too can go to your site and sign up for your newsletter, right? Yes. That would be amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mary Beth. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Leslie. It was great talking with you. So I want to thank you all for listening to Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Mary Beth Ferrante of Live, Work, Lead. I hope you'll reach out to her if you're a manager in any kind of corporation that needs insight or help on formulating better policies for men and women to come back and work and be happy, productive employees. And if you like our podcast, I hope that you will rate us. Give us a nice five-star rating and do that on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts so that other women can find us. And I hope that you will also join Covey Club, which is coveyclub.com, where we bring all kinds of women together to help each other out and also to help them reinvent themselves no matter what stage of life they're in. So thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see you at our next episode. Take care.